This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Have you ever made a mistake? Because I really want to know what that's like, because I've never done that. I've never made a mistake. Have you guys, yeah. our whole team's like shaking their heads right you now. Have you guys both. ever made a mistake? Sounds awful. I'm perfect. I don't. Bethany's been pretty quiet, so she's apparently made several mistakes. I just, I don't want to talk about it, so. Oh, okay, all right. Well, this one's for Bethany then. This one's for about making mistakes. But if we did make mistakes, we would own it, of course. You know, we'd own it mm. if we did make a mistake. So we're going to tell you, even though we don't ever make mistakes, this episode is going to talk about making mistakes. So I guess I should share a story. I have made mistakes before. So as a lot of you know, I'm a recovering engineer. I used to work in manufacturing and I used to work in a large corn plant and we were building a brand new process. And this process, sometimes when you're building something new in terms of a building and manufacturing, you're putting the equipment into place, you're putting the piping and the electrical work and all that kind of stuff. And one of the last things you do is you make it where humans can access the equipment. And this was one of those cases. So for us to access this piece of equipment that we were trying to start up, you had to walk down three flights of stairs and then climb up a two-story ladder to get at this piece of equipment. Or, or there was another way you could do it is if you went to the first landing of the staircase, which is located outside, you could step over the railing on the handrail, which is about 25 feet in the air. So pretty good drop, pretty, pretty good drop. Might not kill you, but it definitely hurt you a lot. And you could jump about three feet to this platform. And that would save you quite a bit of time going down these stairs and up this ladder. So sometimes, you know, we'd be starting up the process, you need to run it. And as, a, as the supervisor of the department and trying to start the, do the startup, I would start off by trying to run down the stairs. So I knew that's the right thing to do. Like you to run down the stairs and climb up the ladder, but sometimes you had to get to the equipment. All right. Sometimes there was something that's like, I got to get to this equipment. I got to reset this motor. I just have to push this one button or something and get it some annoying to go down and all the way back up and everything. So I finally started like, I'm just going to jump over this railing. And so I jump over the railing and you do this little hop over knowing I wasn't supposed to be able, wasn't supposed to do that. So there I am at work, did that for several weeks. I'm at work and one day, my boss comes up to me. My boss, you've heard me talk about him. If you've heard me speak before, Ray, Ray was his name, still is his name. Ray, if you're listening, I love you, man. Was one of the most, one of the best bosses I've had, but also very intimidating. One of those really, really smart people. He's an, he's an ex-football player. was kind of a larger guy and he was just really intimidating, super smart. And, and I run into him and he says, Don, I just almost fired one of your contractors today. And I it's not a normal thing that he says. And I was like, oh, why did you do that? And he says, well, because I caught him jumping over this railing and hopping over to this platform. And I'm like, oh, 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 really? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And you know what he said when I went to fire him? And he said, what? And he says, well, the engineer does it all the time. That, and he said, that tall engineer, the one with red hair? Yeah, that tall engineer with red hair is the one that does that. You have to do that. He says, so what I want to know from you is have you been hopping over that railing or not? No. Sounds yeah. like a loaded question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Are there any other, and I'm thinking to myself, the other engineers that work there, is there anyone else that's kind of tall with red hair that could have maybe jumped over that railing? No. It's, that a, it's a low railing. I just was stepping over. I don't, I didn't mm -hmm. notice it. I didn't even notice the railing. Railings Yikes. to me are like, like little cracks on the sidewalk. I just step <laughs> over them. I don't even notice those. So I said, yes, sir. I've been stepping over that railing and jumping over to the platform. Yes, I've been doing that. And he said to me, well, I almost fired that pipe fitter for doing it. What do you think we should do with you? 
And I said, frankly, I think I need a commendation. You know, I think you should, for risking my life and limb for the company. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It led to a very, very uncomfortable moment that I'm sure a lot of you are imagining times in your career where you've made that mistake and you had to own up to it. And then you had to maybe even correct it. And so I had to end up, we had a conversation. I did not get fired. You know, he did, he did kind of give me a verbal reprimand. I did have to go talk to the contractors that work for me and say, I know you've all seen me do this. It was wrong for me to do this. And you all need to stop doing this too. I'm going to stop. You all stop. We need to fix this. And I had to, I had to do some things to back up that mistake. But that's what we're going to talk about today is those mistakes that we make, that we've all made. How do we own those mistakes? How do we feel about those mistakes? How do we work through this, those mistakes? How do we recover from those? And with us, as always, are my brilliant coworkers, Bethany Taff, Diana Royalty, and our host, Mr. Matt Griswold. Thanks, Don. Hello, everybody. You know, the, the, I just thought of this, but it seems like a good summary of this whole idea of, of uh, mistakes. Because, Don, your example there was not, you were not, we can go many different ways, but you were not intentionally training that person to jump across from platform to platform. Right? I was it not was, intentionally trained. That's well said. I was not intentionally training that person to jump platform to platform. Right. And the thing that I, the thing that kind of dawns on me, no, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the thing that came to my mind was mistakes are not always intentional, but they're always impactful, positively or negatively. They're not always intentional. Sometimes they are. We're going to talk a little bit about that too, but, but uh, they're always impactful. So Don's example there, maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe you have an, an example of a story maybe that you've shared with a coworker or one that maybe you'd never want to speak of again. That is one of those unintentional, I did not mean to do that. I did not mean to train somebody to do that. I did not mean to teach somebody to do that. This is, you know, we equate managing to parenting a lot. We probably have a lot of those if we put our parenting hats on too, just a little bit of, oh man, do as I say, not as I do kind of moments there, right? Those unintentional, you are, that is a mistake. How do I recover from that? But we're going to stick with the professional, the, you know, the professional lane for this. So mistakes are not always intentional, but they're always impactful. You know, what are some of those things that, that maybe in our own experiences we've seen? And it, before we answer that, why are we even talking about this in the first place? Why is it important to recognize, you know what, we do make mistakes and, uh, you, you know, we, we need to come up with a game plan to overcome those mistakes. Why is this a topic on the More Than Work podcast? Diana. Well, I am the one who sort of brought this topic up because I think, I think we talk a lot about how to proactively do things and how to communicate well and think through conversations. And I think those are wonderful conversations, but it's super hard to do. It's hard to like do that in the moment all the time. And it's hard to be amazing at, at conversations and interactions and everything that you do. And so I kind of was curious about what we would all say if we had to just be honest and say, listen, we all make mistakes. So now what? Like I totally messed it up. Now what do I do? And I think that's a valid conversation to have. I think you just uh, shattered the dreams of a lot of our listeners thinking that we have it all put together um, and we don't make mistakes there. But Bethany, what were you going to add? Yeah, I was going to add, I think this is great because I think we also deal with this a lot with our clients. I think we sure. do our very best to help, you know, coach people up and 
get people ready for hard conversations or whatever. And sometimes still we have clients who come back to us and are, I, I think we've all probably been in, in calls or conversations where we're like, you did what <laughs> you said, yeah. what, why did you do that? Or we overheard it, you know, and we're like, why did you handle it that way? So then it's sort of, it's sort of traffic control on the back end and having to talk through, okay, so now how do we approach this situation and go back and try to resolve things um, in the best way possible? So yeah. it happens a lot. Step number one, please never, ever do that again. Step number yeah. two, we can overcome this. You know, with those, sometimes we have those conversations uh, there too. And I think sometimes, you know, the, again, we, I, in my mind, you know, Diana, as you were approaching the topic there, but in my mind, there's two different lanes to this. There's those unintentional. I didn't mean for that to happen. It doesn't mean that Don didn't almost face the consequence of it happening, but that was not my intention to teach other people to do it. I was just trying to be, you know, however you want to phrase it. I was just trying to be efficient with my job or, uh, but what, but once I recognize, okay, so once I recognize the mistake has been made and this is where I think this is what separates a lot of people. If it was an unintentional, I did not intend for that to happen. Sometimes we as humans have a hard time coming to the realization of owning that. Right. But why is ownership such a critical part in this whole idea of recognizing our mistakes? You know, what, what, what role does that play with? And Don, I don't know, you know, you stopped the story there with your boss. I don't know if there was ever another conversation with the guy that you almost unintentionally got fired that day, or maybe he didn't want to speak to you uh, anymore, but I didn't know what happened after that. Was there an ownership part of that? It would be, let me ask, you ask multiple questions there. Take whichever one you'd like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, I don't remember talking to the person because I don't think I ever found out who exactly the person was. We had a lot of different contractors that work with us. So I don't know exactly who the person was. I think I had the conversation with the contractors in general. So that person was probably there. There you go. Um, and it was kind of like a literally, which was a difficult conversation to have side note of like, don't do what I don't do what you see me do anymore. <laughs> right. Like, like it is, it is kind of weird, but I mean, you talked about like the ownership piece of that. It was tempting. I'll have to say what was going on in my head. It was tempting to start to get defensive because the way that we had to access that equipment was not very good. And so there we should have, and we had talked about it actually when we were building it because of where, where I would step over on one platform to jump to the other one, we're on the same level. It was pretty easy to remove the handrail there and build a short catwalk across that and then put handrail on both sides. And then you could safely and deliberately access that equipment and not have to go up and down. And I had brought that up as something that we sh maybe should consider doing and it hadn't been done. So it was really easy for me to not take ownership of that in that moment. And my temptation yeah. was to say, well, if you had built the darn catwalk that I wanted or, you know, that kind of thing. But I recognized in the moment that first of all, like I, I recognized that it wasn't, the catwalk was not a priority at that moment. Like there were so many other things that we were going on that was going on there. I also recognized it would not build better relationships ultimately with my boss or with yeah. our team or with the contractors or anything else. So I, I fortunately in that moment, I saw a bigger picture and realized that it was just a time to take, take my medicine. And I think it changed how my boss responded too, because he really didn't like, I didn't get written up. I say, I say verbal reprimand. It was really like, I think he looked at me and said like, this kid is terrified right now. And he yeah. just owned up to what he did and he's going to make up for it. I don't need to do anything else right now. There's nothing else I could do that's going to make him feel worse than he does in this moment. And so he really did let that go, which is why he was a really good boss. There, there's other things he could have done. We work with, can I share another story? I'll share another yeah. story. 
we work with a client who I'm trying to code this, you know, we try to protect our clients in some stories and this one's not a very good story. So this one, I'm really going to protect them. We had a client who an employee made a mistake and the employee immediately saw the mistake and said, I really screwed that up. And it was a great employee, like a really top-notch employee, but the employee is a significant mistake. And the employee went to the boss and said, I did this. This is what I did. And the boss said, well, you shouldn't have done that. And he, this person said, yes, I know. And the boss said, I want you to write me a five page paper on how this negatively impacted our customer from the perspective of the customer. And then I want you to read it at our staff meeting the next day. Diana, did you ever do that? Did you finish the, did you finish the paper? I read it to you guys, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. This it is wasn't me. Don, Don, go ahead, sir. It wasn't me, but it, what was what was rough about watching that happen, and it, we were not consulted on that, and I even tried to intervene afterwards a little bit, and, and this person wasn't having it. They just said, no, this is, this is the right, clearly the best path forward. They have to learn their lesson. The problem was that person had definitely shown ownership in the mistake, like, like they felt terrible about it, and now they have to write this paper and then read it in front of everybody. It was, it was embarrassing. It was insulting. And this really highly engaged, super motivated person immediately became toxic after that and quit two weeks later, left the company two weeks later. So I think you said like, what role does ownership play? I think it plays a huge role. If you're the person who made the mistake, if you can take the ownership of it, then you can correct it. And that's the one thing you can control is yourself and your own behavior. You can correct it. But I also think it plays a role on the other side of that is if you're the manager of the person who made the mistake, sometimes we talk in management training that you have different set of tools if the person owns it than if the person doesn't own it. If the person owns the mistake, then it's coaching, you know, it's, it's circling back, it's giving feedback and then let the other person come chart their own direction. If they don't own their mistake, you have to pull out the other set of tools, which are the accountability yeah. tools of the, the I'm going to circle back and you're going to make this right. And what's this going to look like? And that can't happen again. And I'm going to have to write you up and those kinds of things. Uh, so I think ownership plays a huge role. I, you know, Don, so you're implying that Ray knew, in fact, that you did. You were the one that was jumping from platform to platform. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, if you don't, if you're on the podcast, you can't see me. I'm six, four <laughs> red hair. I mean, <laughs> That I'm not the I'm not yeah. the the type of person that can easily get away with stuff. But I think that I think you brought up a good point there, though. I mean, in that scenario, the boss knew the answer, but it was still important to ask the question, you know, to be able to give you an opportunity to be able to which direction or which direction I'm not I'm going to remove Don's name from it. Which direction is my employee going to go? And I think that may might speak to the culture. If you're wondering also about your leadership brand. That might speak to what that, do they trust you? Do they feel safe with you? You know, those types of, those types of things. I'm not saying there's not circumstances that the leader needs to make a difficult decision, depending on the, you know, how egregious the action was. But I, I just wanted to highlight that, like Ray knew the answer. The boss knew the answer, but the question, asking the question was an important part of that whole communication process there, right? And he was really good at that. You guys are going to, now I'm going to tell another story from ADM. You're going to think that I was a complete idiot and you're going to see why I'm not an engineer anymore. But we were, we were running this new packaging line and it was a rare opportunity for engineers to drive a fork truck. It's a rare opportunity to drive a fork truck. We usually don't get to drive fork trucks. They usually don't allow us on fork trucks. But I was driving a fork truck and we were had this, this, this machine, this big packaging line was super complex. It was bagging these big 50 pound bags of maltodextrin. And if anything went bad on this line, we had to repalletize by hand these huge pallets of maltodextrin. So lifting hundreds and hundreds of pounds of bags and repalletizing and restacking them and then figuring out how to wrap it manually. 
And so I was on the fork truck moving a pallet around and I looked over and I saw a broken bag that got through that was about to get onto the pallet. And I knew if I could get up there fast enough and pull the bag off, we wouldn't have to restack it. And so in Don's head, I put the, I put the fork truck, I stopped the fork truck, I put it into park, I threw my seatbelt off of the fork truck and ran out, climbed up this ladder and grabbed the bag just in time and yanked it off of this conveyor belt, which was awesome. And then I turned around to accept the applause from the people in the room who also <laughs> were gonna not have to stack this thing. When I heard one of them yell, hey, and I turned around and the fork truck was still going. It was still, it was still rolling forward very slowly, but it was still rolling forward. And it hit the end of the packaging line just hard enough that it knocked the packaging line off center and took it offline for the rest of the night. And this is on third shift. This is on third shift. So this is in the middle of the night. So there's nothing we could do. We pretty much had to shut down everything and just wait. And so in the morning, Ray came into the office and I'm just sitting in front of Ray's desk, just waiting. And Ray's like, well, what, what, what happened? And I told him what happened. And I just, I just told him exactly what I told you. I said, yeah, I, I, I thought I put the thing in park. Apparently I didn't. And the fork truck just went off. And I said, I, look, I said, I feel awful about it. I could have hurt somebody. Like somebody, if it hadn't hit a packaging line, it could hit somebody between them and the packaging line. Like I could have taken out somebody's legs doing that. So I mean, I really, I felt awful about it. Ray says, <laughs> Ray looks at me and says, do you have your wallet? And I said, yeah. And he says, pull your wallet out. So I pulled my wallet out and he goes, let me see your driver's license. So I pulled out the driver's license. He goes, give it to me. And so I handed it to him and he looks at it for a minute and he looks up at me and he looks down at the license and he looks back at me and he looks down at the license and he hands it back to me and he, and, and he says, all right, that's all I need from you. <laughs> and he just let me, that was it. He just wanted to yeah. make sure that we had the license then. Yeah. And if you so, know manufacturing, maybe you're in manufacturing. If something is offline like that, that can be very expensive. That can be a very expensive, unintentional mistake. It's not a cheap, cheap mistake. Yeah. Diana? It sounds like engineers don't drive forklifts for a good reason. Right. Like, I feel right. like you set that up and you said, engineers don't usually do that. And now we all knew why. Turns out if you're on the forklift, you should focus on the yeah. driving the forklift. Right. And to wait for engineers to lift hundreds of pounds worth of things would have taken weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a minimal contribution to that part of it. I was, you mean I you was were going to have to watch other workers lift hundreds of pounds of <laughs> materials? The, the amount of effort that it probably took me was not conducive to the amount of productivity that I also had for lifting those bags it felt like i yeah. did a lot more work yeah. than i probably actually accomplished when doing that yeah i also want to point out something about ray you talk about ray a lot and i love that he very much understands two things he knows when you have beat yourself up enough over this and he also knows when to push you a little bit more um and i think that yeah. comes from knowing your people but I love that he sometimes is like, okay, I can tell you're really remorseful and you're not, this will never happen again. And I can tell sometimes he's like, okay, I need to dig a little deeper and make you feel a little bit more pain about this thing. Yeah. Ray was yeah. really good at that. He could, he could call that accountability out. And there was definitely times where if you didn't own it, that you could call it, there was a, there was a process that was down for a long time. And we were trying to figure out how to get it started back up. We were trying to come up with ideas about what the problem was on this. And I was in a meeting and I just felt like I had to say something, you know, a young engineer. I was like, I need to, you're looking for an answer and I don't have one. So I just kind of made up something. Like I just said, I just, threw, I don't even remember what I said, but it was stupid. I just said something. And I just kind of expected everybody in the room just to kind of go like, oh, maybe, you know, and then move on from the conversation. 
And Ray just, Ray locks eyes with me in the meeting and he leans forward and he goes, Don, could you explain exactly what you just said? <laughs> I love those moments. Could you explain exactly <laughs> what you just said? And I looked at him and everybody starts snickering in the room. And I just looked at him and I'm just like, and I said, no, sir, I cannot. <laughs> Let's do Don's idea. Don, tell us more. Don, where are we, where, what would we do first, Don? What would, what would you... <laughs> Unpack it. And I had no idea. I was just like, we need to change the, the yeah. blinker fluid or something. In the, that's what we need to work on. <laughs> All right, so let me let me switch gears a little bit here because all of these examples so far that we've listened to are employees making the mistake and then having the conversation with their manager. I think managers make mistakes sometimes too. Bethany shared a good example of business owners or leaders that make make mistakes and we're like, never do that to your people again. How do if I'm a manager, let's say I have a team of people and I did what I thought I needed to do, but it had unintended consequences. And it turns out that was maybe the wrong direction. Or maybe, maybe I'll just be very real. Maybe you're a leader and you know what? Stuff's rolling downhill. And so you get your team in a team meeting and you lash out at them for no apparent reason. And then you go back to your office and you're going, that was awkward. That was not how I want to lead. That was not the type of person. Should I just quit now? Should I pack my own things up? You know, if I'm a manager and I make a mistake, how do I handle that? And maybe what's ownership look like uh, with my team or my employees if it happens on that level? What feedback do you think we have there? Hopefully as a manager, it does not involve a fork truck. <laughs> let's let's right. start with that. You hope you don't start. A, it's not a fork truck. I think I've shared this story before. Another story from the corn plants. This is it's, it's striking how little time I spent at the corn plant and how many stories I have from there. It's kind of funny over the over the years. Yeah. There was a lot going on there, but there was a there was a problem in a process, and I was supervisor of the department, and one of my employees yelled at me. I think I've shared this story even on the podcast before, and started to walk, yelled at me in front of a whole bunch of people, and started to walk away from me. And I got really ticked off and I grabbed him by the shirt from behind and I spun him around. You did that? What? Yeah. I've yeah. never heard that story. And also I've only seen Don Harkey mad one time, one time in eight years. So this is serious guys. We also had a team retreat recently where we asked what was Don Harkey's greatest fear and all four of us put Diana. So maybe that's why you haven't, <laughs> that's seen, why you haven't seen him angry. Maybe it's, maybe I leave the room. Maybe I Whatever works, man. Whatever works. Whatever works. I can't believe you've never heard this story. Have you guys heard this story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone about Diana has heard this story. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't yeah. like that. He didn't want you to see his dark side. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was to be fair. So I, I just said I'm six four. Also, when I was an engineer at that time, I was all of a buck seventy. I mean, I was so <laughs> tall, tall, skinny guy. Not not a big guy by any stretch of imagination. But this 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 guy was a little smaller. Yeah, I spun him around and the look on his face was just like, he was so surprised. It was like an instantaneous, like, oh my gosh, I just like grabbed this guy. Like that, that was a big mistake. And you were just kind of paused and I, I but I, I just went on saying what I said to him and was upset, but I, but I kind of toned it back and then he was caught off guard and he kind of said something. I don't remember what he said. And we ended up like leaving that. I never really did address that with that team. I will say that, like, I never owned that. I never addressed that with the team. Nothing right. ever came back to me, but I will also say this. I never really got close with that team either. And I don't think that's, I don't think those things are unrelated. I think that situation, it was an opportunity maybe for me to connect with that team by showing some vulnerability, by saying, I just made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I want to apologize to this person in front of everybody else. I did not do that in that case. And I probably, that probably did hurt me. So I'd like to say that was a good ending and I took the high road on it, but I did. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Bethany, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, I think you bring up a really good point there that it, you know, really what should have been done was not only should you have addressed it with that one employee, but if there was other people around, like it should have been addressed with the whole team. And I think that that's sometimes we hear that, that some people are like, well, I don't need to get everybody else involved because they weren't a part of that conversation. But if they were present or at least in the near vicinity, then I think it's very uh, reasonable and you know, it's a good idea to be able to address it with everybody because you're right, it's going to impact how people view you. They're going to start creating stories about what happened there um, and about who you are and about everybody's character involved. So you might as well go ahead and take the reins early um, and make sure that you're helping, helping me, you know, just control what that narrative is before it gets too spun out of control too. I like that. That's kind of the damage control piece. But in in hindsight and looking back on that, our team was not very close. Yeah. Like that team was not like I've worked in like high teams with high trust. And one of the things, and we did a whole episode on this one on this podcast, was the you know, Google did a study on what's the what things drive a really high uh, functioning team together, what builds trust. And it's one thing is this this concept of psychological safety. And I did not, you know, obviously, you know, spinning an employee around in a room goes against the idea of psychological safety. Like who else has something to say right now? But on the flip side of that, one of the ways to really build psychological safety is to make a mistake and own up to it, mm-hmm. especially as a leader and as a manager of a group. Because if I make a mistake and I own up to it and I share it with everybody, look, I made a major mistake. I sent it to you guys all yesterday. <laughs> And said, hey, I screwed up this thing for a client that I'm working on. It's going to take a lot of work for me to dig out of this hole. But I want to tell you about that. I didn't have to tell you guys about that because I'm going to dig it out of the hole on my uh, on my own and try to figure it out. And you guys all offered to help me to work through it and to figure that out. But I think it's important. I, you know, I did that just I did that largely just because I felt, first of all, I needed the support. Just I thought it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. I just need to talk through that. So you guys supported that. But I think what it does is it helps to build that safety so everybody else knows. If you guys know, hey, if I make a mistake like that, it's going to happen. And I know that I can, we can work through it together. Like we have each other's backs to try to figure it out. So that, that psychological safety, I think, is an opportunity beyond just trying to repair the damage that's done if you're a leader of a team. Oh yeah, not not as a def- yeah, not to necessarily be a f- defensive about what your what you did or what your actions are, but to just you know say this is what happened and I shouldn't have handled it that way and I'm sorry makes a big difference for people. Yeah, there's many different ways that we could have uh, potentially taken this topic. Talking about mistakes, it could if we if we run into a mistake and then we avoid the conversation that leads itself to like narrative paradigms and difficult conversations, topics that we've talked about on the podcast before. You know, when we own things like that and we take ownership and and accountability for our mistakes, then all of a sudden now we're in this idea of humble leadership and showing humility and leadership and having grace, which again are things that we've talked about on this podcast before. But there's this this point in the middle where the mistake happens. And then we all have this realization of what it is. How, how do I want to handle this? What's the best approach? And I even like how we're being honest saying, you know what, I did make that mistake and I never did make amends for it, but the cause and effect is the big is the big reason why. So if we're wondering why we're talking about this, if we wonder why this was a topic on, on, on the podcast here for, for more than work, it's because the cause and effect has a, has a great potential to either make or break the culture that you are trying to create on your team, the relationship that you have from manager and to employee 
employee. And it's not just employees making mistakes, managers, business owners. We talk to business owners of small companies that feel like maybe they made a mistake too. And they, and they want to do damage control or how do I, how do I recover from, from such a thing? And, and so recognizing maybe the steps I recognize the mistake. There's what ownership and accountability potentially do I have? Uh, what line do I want to draw here? What standard do I want to create? What's the future line of accountability? Don, for your example there, we, you know, the right thing to do probably was to build the catwalk, but it was the wrong time. You know, so maybe even the first step is to let's engage the people and say, hey, this didn't work out the way that, that I wanted it to work out. It didn't work out the way probably, you know, this is something that you say a lot too. Like if we had a choice, nobody would have chosen for us to be in this situation. Or nobody would have chosen that reaction in the meeting or nobody would have chosen for that interaction to go that way. But here we are. How yeah, do we they, do better together? And, and how do we do better together? And, and the catwalk, by the way, side note, did eventually get built. Just for the record, it did eventually get built. It was several months later that it got built. And I think that some of that was... You can't build the catwalk in response to people hopping over that, right? Yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to send that message either. But um, I, I will add this, that one of the best moments in my career came not very long after that is on the same process, in the same place, in the same location, we were trying to start this piece of equipment back up and could not get it running. And I was on the, we had radios at the time. We would talk back and forth with the operators. And I was on there with the operators, another engineer, and we were going back and forth. And we were like, why won't this start? We're trying to get this going. And we were trying to get production running again. And everything. And this was like on Friday at like a 3 34 o'clock, like it's near the end of our shift, you know, and we're just, we're, we're going back and forth and we're talking, we're trying to figure stuff out. And I hear people kind of coming down the stairs, you know, from clunking down the stairs towards our area. And there's Ray. And Ray has him, the head of maintenance, the lead engineer for the plant. There's a foreman from another department, and there's like two or three maintenance guys. And they just descended on the equipment and like spread out like as a team and just said, okay, what have you guys tried? What can we do to help you? And it was, there was just this moment of like, where you feel like I'm trying to solve this problem. I can't get this with this team. And this moment of where like the team surrounds you and says like, we're going to fix this. Like I, 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 I almost got emotional at the time. Like, just like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing when there's this much, uh, much help, there was a problem I couldn't solve. I didn't have the technical expertise to be able to solve it. And so like the cavalry came in and saved our bacon and yeah. got it, got the process up and running again. I don't, I don't think those things are unrelated. You know, the, the ability to make mistakes in front of each other, built the trust, built the, the camaraderie so that you know that whenever you've made the mistake or you can't do something, it's like, I've got your back. I'm going to help you with that. And when you see something like that coming, it's like, man, what else do you want me to do? I'll help, I'll help you do, figure out anything when I know I got that level of support. I can still remember, I can put myself in the room where I was standing in the room when everybody came around and kind of huddled together. It was really, really, really cool. That's awesome. And we do, again, cause and effect recognize the accountability, take ownership for what it is. Maybe even if I wasn't, maybe if I was right this time, but I'm going to concede the point because later, you know, next time we'll work, we can work better together uh, because we're just building trust. We're building relationship right there too. So let's go around the table and give one tip here on these recognizing, okay, so I've made a mistake and then now what, like what tip would we leave for today's podcast on this, this topic of mistakes? Who'd like to go first? I was just going to start off by the obvious one is don't drive a fork truck. Don't drive a fork truck. Unless you are, that is your job of being a fork truck driver. <laughs> I think that's, that's the first thing. No, I mean, I think obviously ownership is a big piece. I think that's a, that's a good, good tip. If you can own your mistakes, you can correct those. If you decide that you're going to be a victim of the circumstances around you that help lead to that mistake, you can't really control that. And you're surrendering a lot of your power. If you own it, you're going to show the rest of your team that they can own mistakes too. And that will build, build a lot more trust. Awesome. Thanks, Don. Bethany? 
if you don't have somebody, I would say have like a confidant or a mentor or something like that, who you can talk through the situation with. And for me, like when I have to approach those kinds of conversations, for me, sometimes I have to like write down some bullet points in like a journal or something like that to help organize my thoughts or else I will try to justify everything that I think. (laughs) And so I think it's good. It's just a good practice to, to really think about how you're going to approach the conversation. And then maybe if you, you know, if you feel like you need to talk through it with somebody before going back and approaching that person, if you have the time to do that. Awesome. Thank you, Bethany. Diana. What I'm going to say is if you are having trouble owning up to a mistake because you think that what you did was still right, that you probably need to have some deeper conversations because there's some misalignment somewhere. So if you're adamant that what you did was the right thing and you're having trouble owning it, you need to go have some more conversations and ask some more questions because I think that will lead to more and more quote unquote mistakes and more and more trouble and you just need to fix that early. Yeah. And I, you know, mine kind of goes along with what you both have said there, but um, man, if you feel like you made a mistake, like calm the emotion first before you immediately take action. Like, so, or if you feel like an employee made a mistake, like reflect, take some me time, like just sit there for, give yourself a minute to kind of process what just happened, the cause and effect of what that is. I think sometimes whenever mistakes are made, we can handle it emotionally and irrationally especially if you feel, I mean, we've, we almost take, if I'm a manager of a team, I almost take the mistakes of my employees as uh, almost a personal attack. And sometimes that's a ripple effect of the, the lack of uh, relationship that's there too. So if I feel like there's been a mistake that's made, maybe reflect, take a step back, think of the approach. How do I want to handle the conversation? And then uh, maybe, maybe even sleep on it if you can, uh, and then take time to be able to have that conversation. So that's what I would say. But anyway, thank you for joining us today. If you have other topics that you'd like for us to interact on or have other questions that you would just like support on or direction on, we're happy to help engage those too. So hope you enjoyed it. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.